We've got a 1.30 service after this, so we've got to move on. Listen, there is a word from the Lord as we continue this summer of 2017 series that is entitled Supernatural Peace. We have called this the Summer of Supernatural Peace. In a year that we have deemed as a year of supernatural favor. Somebody say favor. Remind somebody favor ain't fair. Don't get mad at me because God blessed me in 2017. Because God is opening doors for you in 2017. Folk, don't, don't, don't hate on your blessings. Amen. Amen. The text is found in the book of Genesis chapter 32. One of the most dramatic passages in the Old Testament. Perhaps one of the most hotly debated from a theological discussion. Text in all of the Old Testament. The story of Jacob and his encounter with the angel of the Lord. Genesis chapter 32, beginning at verse 24, reading from the New King James Version. And it reads, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. <laughs> Sun is almost out. But he said, I am not. Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. In other words, I need a blessing. So the angel of the Lord said to him, what is your name? And he said, my name is Jacob. Verse 28 is where the subject is found. And the angel of God said to Jacob, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but today you will be called Israel. Look at this next clause. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Whew. For you, it hasn't been easy. You've had a rough life. You've struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Catch someone by the hand quickly. Hold those hands. The series, again, is Supernatural Peace. This next sermon in this series simply says this. Hold those hands tight and bless these words into someone's spirit. Look at them and say, making peace with God. Tell them you got to get right. 
with God. You'll be seated. You've got to get right first with God. Uh, I'm reminded, Sister Sal, Mother King, reminded me of the song that the gospel choir used to sing back in the day. In fact, I think Mother Lord used to lead it. Get right with God. Y'all young folk don't know nothing like this, songs like this. And do it now. Anybody ever heard that? Get right with God and he will show you how. Down at the cross where he shed his blood. Oh, I like that, Bradley. Get right with God. Get right with God and do it now. You need to know the importance of getting it right with God. For sometimes we get it mixed up. For it has often been declared that in order to really enjoy life, folk need to make peace with others. Folk need to make peace with themselves. And people spend a whole lot of time trying to get right with other people. Am I right about it? While that is commendable, while I applaud you for trying to make peace with others, and then sometimes we just say trying to keep the peace. How many of you got folk in your life like that? that some things you got to do just to keep. Oh, well, let me preach to this side of the church here. Because y'all don't have no family members like that. Folk over here got some family members like that. Sometimes it takes all your Holy Ghost. Woo! Am I right about it? Just to keep the peace. You've got to sew your lips up and go, mmm. Woo! To try to keep peace. That's commendable. And that's something that is uh, absolutely necessary. But I, I strongly suggest to you that making peace with God first is more important than trying to keep the peace and make peace with all the demons in your life. Because even if you make peace with earthly demons and you don't have peace with God, it won't be right. You're still tossing turn. Am I right about it? Because you've got to put what is priority first. Put God first in your life. Uh, the, the poetic writer puts it this way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Our problem is that we, we seek peace with others oftentimes at the expense of having peace with God. Listen, the author of the book of Hebrews writes in the 12th chapter and the 14th verse of the book of Hebrews, say, peace with all men and holiness without, no one will see God. 
In other words, you can have peace with men. You can have a Middle East peace accord. You can do all the things that world leaders are trying to do. But if you are not walking in communion with God in his holiness, you will not see God. And so we've got to learn how to tell folk that I am going to get it right with God before I get it right with you. And if there's some people in your life that will not like you because you've decided to get it right with God, then that's their business. Come on, somebody. Problem is, we seek too many friends anyway. All of these fake friends and all of these kisser-uppers. I think I made up that word. Amen. Amen. Folk that just kiss up all of you and, and really, I, I, I told the church something this morning that was an eye-opener to me. And those who know me best look at me and go, yeah, we know how you are. Um, I was somewhere, I think at the state house, and we were leaving the chambers. We were going downstairs in the hallway and walking with a couple of my colleagues. And one of my, one of my good friends from the state house the representative, Reverend Dr. Terry Alexander, was with me. and We were walking. Somebody walked up to me, and they dapped me up and hugged me and gave me the shake. And they were going, man, I'm proud of you. And we walked away, and Terry said, now you know they don't like you. And I'm going, no. Come on, man. You heard what they said? And he looked at me. He said, come on, dude. He said, everybody but you know that they really don't like you. And Terry said, don't read nothing into that hug and that shake because that was fake. How many of you ever had some fake shakes and some fake hugs and fake kisses and, 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 and folk put on a good show in front of other people? But the truth of the matter is there are some folk that don't like you. And if you spend your time trying to make peace with folk that you can never do enough to satisfy them, you're going to miss out on what God has for you. What, what you will discover is that real peace with others and even peace with yourself only comes when there is peace with God. Am I right about it? Paul understood this. Paul writes this before we get to the text in Genesis. Paul writes in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans and um, actually the last clause of the 14th verse. The last clause of the 14th verse, the New Living Translation puts it in a way perhaps we can understand it best. It writes, uh, he writes in that last clause of verse 14, uh, when he talked about the internal conflict that was going on in his life, he writes, the trouble is with me, for I am all too human. I am a slave to sin. Then he writes in verse 15, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right. Come on, somebody, listen. I'm preaching to some young folk in here right now. I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. 
But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is, look at this, it is sin living in me that does it. Verse 18, and I know that nothing good lives in me. That is nothing good is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Come on, somebody. You can identify with this. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is something which is called sin living in me that does it. For I have discovered the principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power. Preach, Pastor Jackson. Working within me. That is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, verse 24. Oh, miserable person I am. King James said, oh, wretched man that I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Then he gives the answer. Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind. I want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. But tell somebody that's all right. We've got the answer for you. The answer is you've got to get right with God. Because until you've got a right relationship with God. You will wake up still desiring to do right, but still doing wrong. I wanted to read that scripture with you because Paul was an apostle. Paul was a prolific biblical writer, but yet he struggled. He, he, he warred within himself between wanting to do what's right and still doing what's wrong. My heart goes out for those who are at war within themselves because you're at war with God. You don't want to do it. You wake up in the morning and say, this is the last drink I'm going to take. But yet before the day is over, you find yourself back there. This is the last joint I'm going to smoke. This is the last time I'm going to do this. But yet you don't do it. You wake up and you make up your mind during the week. I'm going to church on Sunday morning. But then something comes up. Preach Pastor Jackson. I've called some family members of mine and said, well, where were you? Uh, uh, something came up. I said, yeah, I know what came up. His name is Satan, devil, Lucifer, demons. Something will always come up to try to block you from doing right. But every now and then, you've got to stand up to the devil and look him in the face and say, for God I live and God I die. If I've got to force my way to get up, Touch somebody that says, good to be in the house. Now to all of my internet worshipers, don't get me wrong. 
I appreciate the fact that you can worship by way of internet. Somebody told me, Pastor, I love your internet service. I don't have to take off my pajamas. I can get my coffee and I can watch you live. I said, that's good. But every now and then, it's good to be able to come to a place where there's an altar. Woo! Come in the house of God and throw up your hands and worship with other people. I was glad when it said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us look at the text. I've got about 15 or 20 minutes to deal with this text and we're done. In our text, we have what is perhaps the greatest example in all of Holy Scripture of the importance of making peace with God before trying to find peace with anybody or anything else. Our text involves Jacob. Somebody say Jacob. Jacob, the son of Isaac. Jacob, the grandson of Abraham. Our text involves Jacob and a unique encounter Jacob has with what is described in biblical theology as a mysterious man. There has been great debate about who Jacob wrestled with, Dr. Cheryl Washington. I'm sure you dealt with it in your matriculation through seminary and others. Who was this man? Who was this person? Some will contend that it was God himself because at the end of this text, Jacob said, I saw God face to face and I've survived. Some would say it's an angel of the Lord and some perhaps would say it was just an anointed natural man. I subscribe uh, uh, to the school of thought that it was a special emissary of God. It was an angel of God that represented the presence of God that undoubtedly gave this angel power to represent God and to move on his behalf. Jacob wrestled with this angel of the Lord. My friend who has visited here several times by the name of uh, Dr. Donald Wright from Washington, D.C., wrote a powerful book in 1994 that Bishop uh, T.D. Jakes later preached a sermon series. And the book that Pastor Donald Wright wrote is called Tonight We Wrestle. Tonight We Wrestle. And he deals with the story of Jacob's encounter with the angel of God. Dr. Wright says, and I quote, there's sometimes you've got to just wrestle with God. Sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes it's a fight because uh, the other side, the enemy, does not want you to have a relationship with God. May I preach? How, how many of you at times have made up your mind that I'm going to do better, I'm going to serve God, and it seems like as soon as church is over, here comes the devil trying to bring every obstacle in your life. Every, every demon you thought had gone and moved away, somehow moved back in town. And folk you thought lost your number, find your number. Isn't it amazing? Only after you renew your commitment to serve God, folk know how to look you up. Somebody say the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. And so in this encounter with the angel of God, Jacob, who was from the lineage of Abraham, the grandson of Abraham. So he is a part of the Abrahamic covenant, the blessings 
of Abraham in which God said to him, I will bless your seed and they will multiply and they will be anointed and do great things. However, Jacob's introduction to life was not so glamorous. In fact, we first meet Jacob in the womb of his mother, Rebekah. For the Bible said Jacob had a twin brother by the name of Esau, who in all right inherited uh, the family's anointing. But the Bible says as Jacob was born after Esau, he was pulling his heel. Jacob came out fighting. Jacob came out reaching for something that belonged to somebody else. And all of Jacob's adolescent life, it is believed in the dissertation of the life of Jacob, uh, that Jacob struggled with who he was. He, he had a problem being second to Esau. And he, he wanted to be on top. Some folk want to be on top, but they don't want to wait until God gives it to them. Preach Pastor Jackson. They, there are some folk uh, that are jealous of other folks' anointing. And so with the help of Jacob's mother, they, they devised a diabolical scheme, a plot to deceive Jacob's aging, blind, and ailing father, Isaac. Isaac could not see, you know the story, and, uh, and it was time for Isaac to bestow uh, the blessings, Deacon Noble, on uh, the rightful heir who would take over the family's anointing that came from Isaac's father, Abraham. And Rebekah loved Jacob, and Jacob was a mama's boy, and Esau was a daddy's boy. Uh, but, but Esau was the type that was rugged. He didn't fight for anything. He, he could care less. He, he was just going, doing what he did by his nature. But Jacob was a deceiver. May I preach? He was a liar. He was a deceiver. He was a trickster. And although he was a part of the Abrahamic anointing, there was something messed up inside of Jacob. And so deceivers do what they do. They deceive. Liars do what they do. You ought not be surprised when a liar lies. Preach, Pastor Jackson. Look at somebody and say, that's what they do. Liars lie. Deceivers deceive. Tricksters play tricks. And so was the case with Jacob. They tricked Isaac. And uh, they dressed up like Esau. And with the help of his mother, Isaac bestowed the anointing and uh, the heritage on Jacob, knowing that he did not deserve it. Uh, and so when Isaac found out, he declared to Jacob and to his son Esau, you have done a bad thing. You will pay a horrible price for your deception. And Esau from that moment hated Jacob and vowed that one day I am going to get you back. Esau was a warrior. He was a killer. He was a hunter. Uh, he was somebody who knew how to destroy folk. And so they separated. For 20 years, they separated. Rebecca ran Jacob away, and they separated. 
But Jacob still did what he did, and, and he paid a price, and uh, he, he had to marry somebody he didn't love just to get somebody he did love, and he even deceived his father Laban. Uh, he, he deceived him by leaving and, and doing things that he should not have done. Why? Because his nature, may I set this up, his nature was to deceive. His nature was to play tricks and lie. But Jacob knew that I'm tired living like this. I've got to set a better example for my family. At this point of Jacob's life, he had 11 sons. His youngest son, Benjamin, had not yet been born. And Jacob decided that I don't want my family to grow up not knowing the God of their heritage. I, I, I want to make it right. And so the Bible declared to us through the prolific writings of the book of Genesis that Jacob made up his mind that I'm going to go back and I'm going to go back to my homeland. But the Bible said on his way back, Jacob heard that he saw but also on his way back home. And Esau had a mighty army. And Jacob knew that Esau had the capacity to destroy Jacob. All Jacob had was cattle and sheep and his family. But Esau had an army. And Jacob knew that he was no match for Esau's army. And so, but Jacob said, I've got to go back home. Anyway, and so he separated his family for himself. And the Bible declares that Jacob went on the mountaintop and he says, I've got to have a little talk with God. And God dispersed the angel of God to earth just to visit Jacob. And the Bible said that Jacob got hold of the angel of God and Jacob wrestled with the angel all night long because Jacob knew that the problem I've got is not with Esau but the problem is that God's got a problem with me some of you are worried about your situation with other people and what you ought to be worried about is that God's got a problem with you because you're not living out to what you've been created to be. You're living beneath your anointing. You've been created for something greater than what you have become. Can I preach to somebody? All I need is just a handful of people to know that you're greater than what the devil's trying to make you out to be. All your descendants, Mother Jackson, Sal, Mother King, all badly, all of you that live right, Mother King's mama was a God-fearing mother. Her grandmama was a God-fearing mother. Uh, Bishop Jackson was God-fearing. Mazalee Lord was God-fearing. Josephine Anderson, God-fearing people. So I declare in this place any descendants 
of the Nappas and the Andersons and the Lords and the King, those folk that gave their life to God and struggled. If you are living beneath your anointing, if you're not accepting the anointing in your life, and I showed up to declare that you are better than what you have become. Lawson, your children are anointed for greatness. Van Ellis, your whole family got to be blessed because God is on their shot. Anybody know you're living under the anointing? Jacob, you're living beneath your anointing. Your granddaddy was Abraham. Your daddy was Isaac. Isaac is the one who submitted to Abraham for the lamb. And look at you. You've allowed yourself to become a deceiver. You've allowed, may I preach? I know I got to get out of here, but I feel this. You've allowed yourself to become a liar. You've allowed yourself to become a trickster. Look at somebody and say, you weren't born to act like you act. All right, now everybody this may not apply to, but some of you, you ought to hug somebody because some of you right now are leaving beneath what God has designed for you to be. And if it was up to the enemy, you wouldn't ever come to church. It's up to the enemy, you would never live right. You would never drop that alcoholic problem. Folks say, well, I'm, I'm struggling with that. I said, that's all right, but I know the anointing that's on your life. I know the legacy that you live under. The devil is a liar. The same God that delivered your grandmama is the same God that can deliver you. The devil is a liar. Tell somebody, you can do better than this. May I preach this? So Jacob says, first thing he did, he had to recognize his own problem. You got to be transparent. You can't get up in God's face trying to lie to God like you all of that. And God knows your down settings and your uprisings. God knows the next joint you're going to smoke. God knows everything you've done in your life, so you can't come up there. You can play with folk. You can play with preachers, and you can fool some of the folks some of the time. But God knows everything about you. He knows your thoughts are far off. God says, I know you're better than what you've become. Look at you, living beneath your privilege, beneath your anointing. You were designed to be better. So Jacob wrestled. Woo. Jacob struggled. Jacob got a hold to the angel of God and says, I can't let you go. Angel said, Jacob, we have been going through this all night long. I know you're going through something. What is it that I can do for you? And Jacob said, you've got to bless me. You've got to change my nature. You've got to change who I am. Because my problem is not what I did to Esau. My problem is what I'm doing to myself. I'm better than this. I've been designed for something greater. 
than this. So I need you to change me. I can't let you go. The angel of the Lord touched the side of his hip and even handicapped Jacob, but even through his pain, he held on. How many of you know you need a breakthrough from the Lord right now? Sometimes you can't be ashamed to run to this altar. Sometimes you can't be ashamed to tell the Lord what you need. I don't care what folk think about you. Where will they be when you stretch out and there's nobody calling your name? You need the Lord on your side. I need you, Lord. I'm struggling. I'm fighting this. I'm, I'm more than what I've become. I don't want to be a deceiver. I don't want to be a liar and a trickster all my life. I've got 11 sons at this point. I want to be an example to my family. Jacob was concerned because he didn't want his sons to inherit his nature. He said, God, you've got to do something. You need to change me from the inside out. I've struggled all my life. I've struggled since a baby. I came out of my mama's womb fighting my brother. You've got to do something with me. Change my life, Lord. In order for me to have peace with me, I need peace with you. In order for me to have peace with Esau, I've got to make peace with you. Change me. Give me a new identity. Woo. Angel of the Lord said, all right, here it is. I'm changing you from the inside out. No longer will they call you a deceiver. No longer will they call you a liar and a trickster. I'm changing your name. You shall be called Israel, the blessed of the Lord. Folk are gonna look at you and say you look the same, but they can't see the change that's in the inside of you. Something happened. Songwriters, I went to the meeting one night and my heart wasn't right. Can I preach? Should I preach? Touch somebody say, you need the Lord to change you from the inside out. Only way you're going to give up that bottle is that God's got to change you. Only way you can stop tipping and dipping and lying and sliding is that God's got to change you. And the angel said, you're going to be changed. Your name is not the same. Just like I changed Abram to Abraham. Just like I changed Sarah to Sarah. Just like I will one day change Saul to Paul. I'll change a name. Look at somebody and say, God will make you brand new. Things you used to do, you won't do anymore. Songwriters say, I looked at my hand, and my hand looked new. Looked at my feet, 
and they did too. Anybody know there's been a change in the inside of you? Anybody know that God has changed you from the inside out? And folk that used to make you lose your joy, you don't lose it anymore. You know how to shout and give God the praise with all hell breaking out over your life. You know how to worship God when things are not going good in your life. Look at somebody and say, give God your best praise because there's been a change. I got to go south, but there's been a change in the inside of you. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Look at verse 28, and then we're going. Look at verse 28. The angel of the Lord said to the man formerly known as Jacob, who's been changed to Israel, he said, you are different than what you used to be. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Look at somebody say, neighbor, it's been a struggle with God. I've struggled all my life. I've struggled to try to do right. You see me now but you don't know how folk used to be. I wish I had a witness of just a hundred folk that know you struggled at times in your life. But I stopped by to tell you the struggle is over. The Cross the island. Give a neighbor a high five and say, the struggle is over. The struggle is over. God has done something good. Come on and clap those hands. Stand to your feet, everybody. Get on the devil's nerve with your loudest voice. Throw your head back and say the struggle is over. Woo! Somebody just got delivered. You don't even know it yet. You won't see it until later. But God has done something in your life. One more time, pull those heads back. Open your mouth. Say the struggle is over. Woo! Is there anybody in the house that needs God to do something for you? and you want your struggle to be over, leave your seat right now. Make your way down these aisles. Stand at this altar with me. 
one more time. Throw that head back and say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for the struggle is It's over. It's over. It's over. The devil doesn't want you to declare it, but declare to somebody, it's over. somebody say you got 30 seconds to give God your best praise put those hands together it's over it's over before you judge my praise you ought to at least know my story tell them there's a story behind this praise I used to be Jacob I used to be Jacob but now I'm Israel Woo. lift those hands all over this place Wherever you are, help me tell somebody, wherever you are, tell them whatever you've been going through, God says the struggle is over for you. 
Listen to this. Tell somebody, you've been in this place long enough. And your mountainside has been rough. But the struggle, the struggle is over. Children rough, but the struggle is over for you. Say Lift your Bill. hands and say, wherever you are, come on, say. Whatever you've been going through, I say. Somebody else, come on. You know you ought to be at this altar right now. I don't know who you are. Come on. Wherever you are, come on. We'll wait on you. Uh, that's right. God's calling somebody else. those hands all over this place it hasn't been easy I know it it's it has been a struggle ah, yeah yeah you've been in this place yes Lord <laughs> Changing me, Lord. Listen. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. Yeah, yeah, Saint Bill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The struggle Ooh. is speak, over. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Yeah. The Ooh, yeah. struggle. Oh, going to be all right.
your arms around somebody's shoulders. I need you to hear this point. Perhaps this is the most significant point that I will make throughout this message. Take note that God did not change Jacob's situation, but he changed Jacob. Too often we want God to change our situation. God, get me out of this mess. God, take this away from me. God said, here's what I'll change. I'll change you. So even in the same situation, you will not go through what you used to go through. Woo. Right now, God is changing you. Just like he changed Jacob. Jacob became a patriarch of the Jewish faith. Patriarch of the Christian faith. And even today, when we think of the patriarch fathers of the Hebrew and the Christian faith, they say the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Woo! God will change you. God will change you. Only God can take a deceiver and a liar and a trickster and make him a patriarch of faith. Woo! He'll do the same for you. You can't stop drinking on your own. You can't. Give up drugs by yourself. You need to get real with God. So here I am, Lord. I need you to do something supernatural. We are about to pray. But to those of you that want to make that commitment to God, it begins with a commitment. To those of you that want that relationship with God. See, Jacob remained behind. And the Bible says he went to a special place that he later called the altar of God. If you want God to do something for you, you've got to make that next step. And I know there are a lot of people in this building, 2,500 people in this building. And you want me to stand up in front of all of these people? No. I just want you to stand up before God. You want me to walk down before all of these people? No, I just want you to walk with God. Amen, somebody. God's calling you right now. God's calling you right now. And if you want that relationship with God after this prayer, just meet me at this altar. Say, Pastor Jackson, I'm tired of struggling. I can't do it by myself. I need God to help me. I can't come out of this by myself. Listen, I don't care if you are a member of the church already and you're ready to make that commitment. Jacob was already a member of Abraham's family, but he had to get right with God. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We thank you for reminding us that before we can have peace with others, we must first have peace with you. Thank you for reminding us that making peace with you 
supersedes making peace with other people, other things that are in our life. Move right now. Thank you, Lord. We are better on our jobs when we are at peace with you. We are better with our families when we are at peace with you. We are better with ourselves when we are at peace with you. We declare and decree, as the angel said to Jacob, for you have struggled against God and men and have prevailed. Whew. It's over. It's over, Lord. We have prevailed. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And those who know it is so, said amen. Amen. Put your arms around somebody and say, it's over. Come on, somebody who wants, meet me at this altar. You need a supernatural deliverance. You need God. You want to join the church? Or you, you want to just meet me here? You want God to do something? Come stand. God bless you, brother. Somebody else, come on. Meet me at this altar. Meet somebody. You're struggling. Thank you, brother. Amen. Just say to bring Travis here. Yeah, come on. Come on, somebody. Somebody else. God said it's over. Somebody else, come on. Walk out of your comfort zone. Somebody else, God, thank you, young lady. Somebody bring her to this altar. God said. The problem is not your situation. God said the problem is he's got to change you. Woo. Some thank you, young man. Look at these coming. Come on. Thank you, young man. Stand at this altar. Somebody else, come on. Come on. God's calling you. God said it's about you. It's about you right now. I don't care what you're going. Thank you, young lady who's walking down the aisle. Come on. The struggle. Struggle is over, yes it is. Thank you. Look at it. Yes, it is. Somebody else walking. Come on, you're the one. Struggle. Struggle. The struggle. Come on, somebody else. Struggle is over. Yeah. Look at thank you, Cedric. Bring your son. The struggle is over. Struggle is over for you. Keep on saying the struggle is. Look at God. It's over. The struggle is over. Wave your hands. It's over. Look at God. Look at this altar. Look at this altar. Give God a hand of praise as they go down the aisle. Clap your hands. It's all right, yeah. 
Listen, I need to do something. I've got two minutes to do this. Every parent in here, God told me to do this, that's praying for a son or a daughter, and they're not here, and you know that you want God to break the curse, and they need to live up to what God has called them to be. Just quickly, just come stand at this altar right now. Come on, choir, sing. God, I just want to... I hear the chains falling. God's breaking yokes. I hear the chains falling. I hear the chains falling. Every parent, every grandparent, every parent. has been rough the struggle is over and here's what God says your children are the seeds of Abraham they've been blessed since birth to be something greater than the environment around them and the enemy has been fighting them since they were born Thank you, Holy Ghost. But I come to declare and decree on the second Sunday in the month of July in the year 2017, that is over. That the struggle is over. Somebody stretch your hand. Break the curse, Lord. We rebuke the adversary. We say it is already done. The blessings of Abraham are on these parents. Their children will be blessed. Their grandchildren will be blessed. They don't even know it, but they've been blessed right now. It is already done. It is already done. We declare it done. We declare it done. Woo! Done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go back to your seats and clap those hands. The struggle is over. Come on and say the struggle. Oh, come on, you. give God a praise. Is it's already done. They are the seed of Abraham. Mountainside has been rough. Everybody stand. Grandpa, benediction. It's over for you. Yes. You've been in this place. Hallelujah.
Praise for the word of God. Amen.